welcome to the Harmony and Healing podcast, a podcast about music, health, wellness, and activism that will help you to find balance between life as a musician and self-care with health and wellness. I'm Jazzy Piggott, a tuba player, certified personal trainer, writer, and now podcaster coming to you from Baltimore, Maryland with my co-host, Bree Nunley. I am a trumpet player currently in Tallahassee, Florida. I will eventually be meeting Jazzy in Baltimore, Maryland soon. And today in our third episode, we're going to be talking about boundaries, what they are, why they're important, and how to set them and keep them. So you were saying you had some boundary issues recently, Brie. What's been going on with you? Um, it's move-out season here in Tallahassee. It's July, like mid-July, and all of our leases are ending like at the end of the month. So my apartment complex has taken it upon themselves to just like burst in sporadically to check in that like things are going well with the move-out process which is really messing with my boundaries this week. So it's just like, knock, knock, random men entering my home in the middle of the day. And I'm just like, don't mind me, just practicing in my pajamas. Thanks for walking in. Yeah, and I can imagine that's stressful because that's invading your space because, well, boundaries are important. So I guess let's dive right in. So do you want to start introducing like what boundaries are or what we mean by boundaries when we say that? Um, like for me and boundaries, I guess it's like what they are should come from like your like values and centering in your life and basically just like not letting other people take those things from you when like situations like that come up. Like when the first guy like barged into my apartment, I was like, yo, it is 2 p.m. on a Tuesday and you gave me no notice that you would burst in like this. And he's like, well, I knocked and I'm like, I didn't hear you. And that doesn't give you permission to just enter my apartment, even if you work here, especially if you're a man walking into a woman's apartment, it's just not appropriate. And then like, you know, a year ago when I had less good boundaries because I wasn't as sure about myself, I probably would have been like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. And just like hid in my room. But now that I have a bit more firm boundaries, I was like, no, you can go back to the leasing office and like come back in an hour when I'm dressed because I'm not going to let you just barge in my home and like bully me into taking pictures in the random like middle of the day. Jazzy, what are like boundaries like looking like more for you? Um, for me, that's just the ability to split my work self from my home self um, and just to allow myself to have some time where I'm just disconnected from everything and I can just, I can work out, I can relax, take time to be myself. Yeah, I guess like the working out and finding that time for the separation, it's important to figure out again, like your values to know like what boundaries need to be set in your life. So I guess there's moments where I'm like, you know, a boundary I would love to set right now is to be able to watch New Girl for two hours a day. But that's not like a real boundary. That's just like a thing I want. Like, But a proper boundary is, yeah, but Brie does need to practice. So if the homies ask me to hang out later, I do need to say like, oh, I'm sorry. I have to set the boundary of being able to practice. Right. Yeah, I guess like boundaries can go in different ways too. Because then you can also have boundaries like with friends and just making sure that they don't take advantage of you in some way. Like if somebody needs like rides all the time and you can't just give them all your gas money, just being able to say, okay, sorry, I can't give you a ride at this moment. And just finding ways to, I guess, take charge of your life in certain, just to allow you to live your best life. Yeah, for sure. And it took me a while to figure out what my best life would be until like I established those like internal values because I think a lot of my values before the pandemic were more people pleasing and external 
so I would have been more likely to like um, go out and do things for other people all day and then get home and be like, that's so crazy how there's no energy left for me or to take care of myself because I didn't set the proper boundaries to like be like, hey, I can't actually hang out like eight hours a day with y'all. I do need to <laughs> break off from the group at some point and get brief things done. <laughs> I think it's like especially hard those first few years of college when like you're developing like those music networks that can get very like, we're a squad now. <laughs> we eat together. We practice together. <laughs> we do everything. And I love those people and I always will, but I'm glad that we grew up and created some boundaries to become better people eventually. Exactly. So why do you think boundaries are important in your life? Um, for the exact reason that I mentioned of like the running around, like it was crazy. Like my freshman schedule was straight up 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. straight. So it was like, if I didn't, I had to like start setting like alarms for myself when I would practice to keep myself from talking to people too much. Cause I'm a really like outgoing person, but I hate disappointing people. So if I would, I had to learn how to take practice breaks in college. So I didn't completely bust my face, but I could go the whole day. So I would do like 10 minutes in the room, two minutes out. But the issue would become when I would walk out the room, I would always bump into someone from the college of music that would want to like chat and catch up and I'm like Bessie I love you I can't wait and then I would check the time and be like crap I just wasted half of my practice time on this random conversation which is like I still appreciate all the time that I got with people but I eventually did have to like set an alarm for two minutes that way it'd be like oh sorry my alarm went off that way I didn't feel like a jerk for like cutting off the conversation or I didn't like lose track of time hmm uh, yeah, that's a good strategy. I never really thought about that because when you get into those rabbit hole conversations where you're trying to leave and then the person just keeps going and you actually have something to be doing. Like I had to pull some all-nighters because my roommate kept talking to me last year for hours and it was it was a problem. Yeah, but. that's definitely where I need alarms to help me. And with like a roommate situation, that wouldn't have me um, messed up because I wouldn't have had an alarm set. Like, well, actually, I've I, started setting the alarms on myself again at home just because I was being a little bad about keeping up with the 10 minutes because like I am pretty fresh about the 10 minutes because I go hard in the 10 minutes and if I go past those 10 minutes I will bust my face in 15 and then just not be able to practice for an hour and that's <laughs> not cute or useful so it's better if I just like stop at the 10 just take two 10 two 10 two then I can get a pretty meaty amount of work done in an hour instead of like you know, busting face in 15 minutes and then like limping on the floor for the last 20. <laughs> Why did you like learn that boundaries are like important for you? And like you chose this topic for this episode. Um, for me, it was just boundaries allowed me to live my full life and just feel fulfilled. In the last year, I had this whole self-awakening journey where I did establish boundaries for myself and decided to, you know, stop looking at social media and answering work-related emails after nine o'clock where I could just focus on taking care of myself before going to bed and prioritizing sleep. And that just significantly changed my mental health. So I was able to go through the day at my biggest or my best ability. Um, and I think many people just forget that boundaries are important, especially with the pandemic where you are doing literally all your work and your sleep and your eating all in the same room. It was really difficult to find ways to divide that, that life. So I think that's really important to anybody who's trying to function right now and in the future.
Yeah, for sure. That's I guess that's why I got like especially salty with people like bursting in my apartment this week because it was like before I think I was a lot less defensive of personal space, but like the pandemic has definitely made me more defensive of like this is my space. This is where I have to do like literally everything. So I need to be comfortable here or else I'm comfortable nowhere. <laughs> but um, how did you figure out which boundaries you like just always need to set? Like what are the values that lead to you setting your boundaries? So for me, my boundaries are based on just me following the three pillars of health um, in my mind. So that's sleep, nutrition, and then movement. So I always try to set my boundaries so I'm able to get those three things in first. So sleep it's I don't touch my email or any sort of like social media I just avoid that before I go to bed so I can just take the time to be away from screens allow my body to get ready for nutrition that's maybe like saying no to going out to eat every once in a while because like I can't always just be eating out and also just saying no to certain foods because I realize that my body doesn't feel good when I eat them And also that involves just prioritizing having three meals a day, not pushing off a meal. So I'm starving later and then I end up overeating because I didn't eat throughout the whole day, which tended to happen a lot before. And for movement, that's every morning I just prioritize working out. That's the first thing I usually do um, before I check my work emails. Okay, I've been getting worse at that. But I used to, before I checked my work emails, I would go on a walk or I would just start lifting weights, I would do all these things in order to make sure that those happen first before I decided to give my energy to other people. Because without those three things, I wouldn't have been the fullest person I could be. Yeah. And I think it's really important, like if someone wants to like work on their boundary setting to realize what what are those core things in your life you need to feel like your best self. Have you heard the Maslow hierarchy of needs? Oh yeah. Yeah, I love this hierarchy, and I just wanted to, like, share it with the listeners if they didn't know about it. I'm looking at, like, the pyramid right now. So it's, like, a little hierarchy that explains, like, they taught me this when I was, like, still doing education classes to basically be, like, yeah, you know, um, don't expect, like, a kid to really retain too much if they don't have, like, the first two tiers of this pyramid set. So that's kind of, like, my, even though I would love for, like, my main tiers to be, like, other fun things in my life, I do try to keep, like, the main tiers of my day that be, like, my physiological needs and then my safety needs. I do need air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing. (laughs) I try to make sure that like, you know, Brie has showered, Brie had her breakfast and Brie had enough sleep before I, oh, and she has her fit on before I try to do like my trumpet things. So I've noticed that if I don't like put on my outfit and take care of myself and shower before I start my day, especially with like the living at home lifestyle, I can just kind of like lurk all day in my pajamas and like the tasks don't get done nearly as like professionally either when I'm just like hanging out in my pajamas all day (laughs) and I also I I get hangry like I get very hangry but in a way I'm kind of like in denial of at times but if it's like 2 p.m and I haven't eaten there will be a severe effect in my mood so like I definitely try to eat before I play and then I also have like religion snuck in there too so I also try to um pray after I make up my bed as like my morning routine and make sure I get in touch with God before I like start my work day and like move on from those aspects like I try to pray and meditate before I just like get in the meat so I guess that's like in my safety needs category so that's like your personal security part of the Maslow hierarchy the second tier past the physiological needs 
And um, my safety needs, I guess, like internally are more of making sure that I meditate so my head's clear and I'm prepared for the day. And I pray so I make sure I'm like set up right in that way. And um, then it's love and belonging, which is like funny that you're supposed to be taking care of those things first. But a lot of us don't. A lot of us are very quick to like grab our phones, respond to messages, take care of this person, that person. And then later on be like, oh, yeah, I should probably make coffee and chill. <laughs> and then what else is on the pyramid? Oh, the other parts of the pyramid are so like the physiological needs is at the bottom. So that's like your main like need. You shouldn't be like trying to reach up for other things without like having your air, water, food, shelter, clothing. Then it's your safety needs for your personal security, employment, resources, health, property. So that also includes like Jazzy's like personal need to like take care of like her fitness before she like goes out and hanging out with friends. Love and belonging is the next part. Now we can talk about going outside for validation and getting like outside joy because you've already taken care of like your internal systems and you're prepared to accept energy in your life and then the, that fourth tier is esteem respect self-esteem status recognition strength freedom i also think a lot of people will reach up to the esteem before they fulfill their safety needs and their personal security and employment just because like social media has turned us into esteem people <laughs> Like you can live off of your social media appearance and have like none of those other needs fulfilled and no one would ever be the wiser. <laughs> and on that last tier is self-actualization, the desire to become the most one can be, which is again, something that people will like jump to the top on before they have all those like health and personal needs fulfilled because they just want to look like they have it together on Instagram and they want to look like everything's going well before they actually take care of themselves. Yeah, so for me, I know I reached that self-actualization level, I think finally this year, but that's just because I decided to set up those boundaries and actually take the time to make sure all the other levels were in order before I finally um, took that leap. So to anybody listening, if you're trying to figure out how to set boundaries, what you should do is just figure out how to get those needs set first. So then you can start to just be your best self. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. It's just better for you that way. You're just kind of seeking more ego-based things and not what your body really needs. And once you start like actually feeding your body what it needs, you'll be surprised at how much you're not even like chasing those extra things anymore once you're taking care of yourself properly. That was my Maslow lesson for anyone that wanted like boundary help with that. So once you determine what you're prioritizing um, and that you do need to set boundaries, it's, it's difficult to then, I guess, enforce them. So what sort of tips do you have to enforce boundaries, especially with other people? I think those are the biggest ones that people struggle with. Um, I think this kind of goes back into like our routine topic, because I think the best way to set boundaries is by having a routine that makes it harder for you to not follow the boundaries than to like turn for another person. With me always, like the routine of me always choosing to like pray and shower before I play trumpet. That's like to keep me from like my fun for the day without like doing the things that I needed to do. Cause like, I don't know, I'm like very much a kid in the candy store over trumpet still sometimes. So I do have the tendency to like just run to my horn as soon as I can in the morning and not take care of myself, which I'm still working on. That's like a growth journey for me. Um, but how to like set them with other people. It's a lot easier to say, oh, I'm so sorry, like, I always practice at five, then, like, 
you know, I think I need to practice. It feels a little better if you have like definitives to offer people. It makes you feel like less of a jerk when they're asking you to do things. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I had plans to like clean my kitchen at this time. So like if you set the routine and it's already in there, it's a lot easier to like be like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't. And then be like, can you go out for ice cream? And then like 30 minutes before ice cream, you're looking at a completely cluttered home and you're like, oh no, I should have cleaned my house. Anyway, I guess I should just go out to ice cream now. Yeah, I think with routine, it goes, it also goes to like things like messages, like what I said, where I shut down at like nine o'clock at night, because now people know that if you text me after nine, there's, you're not guaranteed to get a response. It's just not going to happen. And then you kind of have to get used to it. Like nobody can make you respond to a text message. Nobody can make you read a text message, even though it's supposed to be immediate. It's still up to you to decide whether or not you're going to answer that. And then eventually people get used to those expectations after a while, and then they'll stop bothering you. Very true. Very true. Because I did realize like it was a approval error on my end to keep instantly responding to things I didn't want to. Have you heard that term approval error? No, I haven't. I think it's like super useful, like especially on the topic of like creating boundaries and developing relationships with people. So it's like the idea that by um, not disapproving something and by kind of constantly approving a behavior, you're giving the error message of saying that you approve of the behavior. Mm. That's like another education term. So it would be like if your beginning band kids played something horribly and then no matter what, at the end, you always say, good job. That's yeah. approval error because they always just think they're doing a good job. And like the one day someone tells them they're doing horribly, they're like, what? No, I have like 20 years of good jobs on this topic in my pocket. Like, I just don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like where it is with like the text messages. It's like eventually if you don't respond, that sends like the disapproval message of, hey, this isn't going to get the result you're looking for. Um, if I had to give one off the top, if you're gigging and you have a problem with something, try not to instantly freak out and take over the situation. I had someone in like the gig scene in Tallahassee that used to do that and they couldn't get hired anywhere after and they just moved to Orlando and stopped playing because no one wanted to work with them, even though they were one of the best trumpet players I know, but they would literally cut off the pit on the conductor's half and start snapping new tempos and being like, we were dragging, I couldn't let it keep going. Oh my God. Why do those people exist? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm very glad he's like not in the gigging scene because he was very rude and derogatory towards me as like a female musician and a younger musician. Mm -hmm. But like, I get like, if you have a finer ear than like the situation you're in, it may get frustrating, but just try to hold the boundary within yourself that like you are a part of this situation you will not take control over the situation and if you're dealing with someone that's being incredibly rude to you on a job and acting like they're your director just do what i did and ignore them the system will filter them out and people will keep hiring you i promise because <laughs> no one wants to work with a jerk they may keep them on for the gig but they won't hire them the next time yeah. And then it's also important, like you were saying, to just kind of ignore them because you don't want it to seem like you're the person who's causing the issue. Because if oh, you make was, a big deal, you never like, know. My music and being like, you missed a you missed a rhythm here. I noticed that you were a little flat on this one. And I'm like, bro, 
That's so crazy. It was like while we were sight reading like the entire book of the show. And I'm like, yeah, if I'm a little flat here, I don't care, <laughs> you know? And that's like another boundary lesson of like, try to set the boundaries in your, as a musician before you show up somewhere. So someone can't tell you if you're professional enough on the job and like ruin your day. So that was definitely one of those like make or break moments for me where it was like, I definitely could have like let him bully me out of the gig scene or let me bully like me out of trumpet performing in general. Cause he was just like, really ridiculing like my musicianship my like fundamentals and everyone in the group at the time by like snapping at the conductor and things but I was just kind of like no before I came into like that sight reading session I'm like I've read a pit book before and I know if I just make it through the book to the end we did the read you know <laughs> like if we're doing a community pit show I'm very proud of myself for making it to the end we will do probably 15 more runs of this book before we actually present so I'm okay with a couple of intonation mistakes. So when he like freaks out and goes nuts, I'm just kind of like, that's wild, man. Anyway, I'm gonna flip this page and keep playing this book. <laughs> What's like the biggest boundary you've had to like set on a gig? <laughs> hmm. There's one I didn't set and I learned my lesson. I was asked to do a jazz gig once and I decided, well, okay, no, I said no originally. I said, okay, I have no jazz experience. I haven't done this. Like, I, I can get somebody who actually has jazz experience. But then the guy's like, oh, no, you can do it. It's not that hard. Like, we got you. And I, I don't know why I decided to listen to him because he knew, he didn't know who I was. Um, I knew who I am, but he didn't know who I was. So I, I show up to this gig and he's just like, oh, I don't actually have sheet music for you. I guess I should have mentioned that. So I'm like given charts and I've never looked at charts before. I have no idea how this works. So I'm sitting there like for an hour, like trying not to cry or have a panic attack. Like I'm just like miming playing the tuba for an hour because I, I didn't know what to do. And I didn't know what keys we were in. Like they didn't tell me what keys we were in because they decided to change some of the keys. So when I did try to like, okay, you know, that's a one chord, maybe I can do do soul. I was playing the wrong notes and I'm just like, oh my God. And then they asked me to solo and I'm crying. I just, I'm literally crying. I was it was so bad I oh my god yeah so that was like the worst gig experience ever and then the guy gave me sass when I asked to get paid afterwards because he's like you didn't do anything and I'm like I told you I wasn't able to do this I still need to get paid because I still showed up like you're the one who decided to take the risk hiring me and talk me out of getting another person to do it so yeah that yeah. was my horror horror story that was we love so set boundaries, know what you can like, do. Yeah, like getting paid topic is a whole other one. Mm, like yeah. the having to shake someone down after a gig is horrible. But if you're going to be out there, please have the, like I never take a check that you're not willing to argue for. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say on that, I guess. Like don't take a check that you're not willing to argue for. Because I haven't had to argue for many checks, but like, if it's not worth an argument about, don't take the gig. Like if it was like 25 bucks that you wouldn't have been willing to argue about after, don't take the gig. That would just make you mad. But if it's like a hundred bucks, you could see yourself, you know, hey man, where are you going after this concert? I noticed you didn't give me my money. Yeah. I've literally had to do that before. It was like the most embarrassing thing because it was like, 
I didn't have a car at the time and I got someone else to gig like um, with me so they could give me a ride. They wanted like a full brass group and they asked me to play trumpet and I was like, hmm, I can get the trombone guy if you give me a ride. But the issue was he didn't want to pay us after the performance. He wanted us all to come back later to get the checks. And I was like, you know, it's so crazy. I've already been here seven hours today. I have other things to do next week and I'm not paying for an Uber to come back and get this check. So if you could just pay me, because he said the tr- the checks were literally in his car, but he didn't feel like getting the checks out of his car oh my while God. tearing down the concert. And like all the musicians were like sitting in like the like little back, like they had like a random like violin storage room. They like had us in as a green room and they were like, what are we going to do? Like, we don't want to leave without a penny. And I was like, I've got this guys. And then I'm literally shadowing this man like we're in marching band together. He's like, no, girl, as soon as I'm done, like, talking to these people, I will give you that check. And I'm like, okay. And I just stood behind him for, like, a whole 40 minutes. I literally just, like, shadowed him as he said goodbye. Thank you to everyone for, like, 40 minutes. Because he had 20 people locked up in a room waiting for these checks. Then I walk out with him to his car. I'm carrying, like, six stands with me as we're doing it. And then he's like, fine, here's your check. You didn't have to be so annoying about it. And I'm like... I don't care. (laughs) That doesn't affect me if you think I'm rude because you made me follow you around 40 minutes to get something I already did the job for. I'm not rude here and I'm not going to come back later to get something I already did. So that's another boundaries, you know? I have the boundaries to know that like I deserve my pay and I will get my pay before I leave. (laughs) Is there any like um, sectional treatment boundaries you like to talk about? Because I don't know if you've like had to deal with that, like, um, drawing lines within your section to get respect as a first chair. Mm. I've had to do that. Yeah, that's always been, it's been tough because, I mean, as a Black woman, even if you do earn first chair, for some reason, the white dudes feel entitled to try to correct you at, like, any sort of mistake you make, and then they have to, like, make a comment. So it's just, again, kind of ignoring them, like you were saying you did with that asshole um well are we allowed to curse in this podcast okay too bad i curse we can yeah yeah okay taking liberty with it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so with that guy you know just ignoring the person because you you are the the first chair and then you should be able it took me a while to be able to correct people but i realized like okay i do because if your section plays bad and you're the section leader it looks bad on you because you're the one who should be making sure the section is in tune or things like that. So I did have to finally just start being aggressive, not aggressive, being demanding and just tell my section, hey, you know, you guys aren't really lining up with me here. And I know I'm in tune with the other section. So can you please tune to me in order to get this together? Because right now it's not sounding great. Yeah, exactly. But what I was going to say is, yeah, no, I remember like the first time I got to play principal for an opera, it was, um, we have like this joke thing that we do at FSU as a studio where like it, you, it's supposed to be a positive, but it definitely turns into like more of a sarcastic gesture with time. Um, but like we just do a subtle like kick up, like from our chairs, like just a little boop if you play something well. It's like supposed to be like our respectful nod that like the audience can't see. But people also started doing it when you mess up as like a joke. 
so there was like a point that I was playing like principal for this opera and there was like three times I made mistakes and then like my second trumpet is like kicking up every time I make a mistake and then like the whole brass section is laughing at me and I'm like you know it's so crazy I don't do that when you make mistakes and I would really appreciate if my second didn't randomly draw a red flag out to the whole group every time I make a mistake because they never would have noticed those things if you weren't like randomly kicking up and making fun of me in the middle of our rehearsals so if you could not disrespect me openly that would be awesome <laughs> yeah or like stop making sarcastic gestures when I play that would be great <laughs> and like he understood but I also had to like learn how to like um craft a dialogue to like get them to fix mistakes around me but not feel disrespected just because like I know how it felt when they would talk to me that way and I didn't notice that when I started talking to them this way they would give me the same respect when I would go back to playing second for them because we were like in a more rotational system at FSU no one was like the true king of the castle you know like it would be like I'm principal for opera but he's principal in band so like we would always be like switching roles and trying to figure that out but um it would be like if I wanted someone to like not blast over me it wouldn't be a hey don't blast over me I would always find a way to make it into a question instead of a demand so it'd be like hey would you be able to like balance more into like the third trumpet player yeah like, I just focus on the positive and structured as like an optional question that I know that they're not gonna be like no I can't do that because they're not gonna say they can't play something or they can't adjust they're just gonna be like oh yeah I can do that let me try that like it's not too bad but that's how I've learned how to like set those boundaries with like my section mates and just learned how to be like yo I do deserve respect as a principal but I also think it's a bit of approval error maybe on my end in my years that I was like a lower chair to take the roast for so long that when I became a principal they were like what do you mean we can't roast you now <laughs> and I'm like that's kind of how the role works dude when you're a principal I don't do this to you <laughs> but um that was like all the I guess it's like everything I can think of is there like any boundaries you like can think of like for setting um, in the home with your roommate? Um, like when did you learn how to set those boundaries? Or are you just deciding that it's just better off to live alone? That was, yeah, deciding it was better off to live alone because it was always stressful because I never like confrontation, um, even though I have to do it sometimes. But then if you're living with the person, like any sort of confrontation is even worse because then if it doesn't go well, you're you're in they're the only other person in your space and then you're just kind of awkwardly avoiding each other I mean it was my way of setting boundaries was just starting to avoid him which I mean you know it doesn't it's not the best thing to do but it was the only thing I really could do in this situation without like being rude because I didn't want to be like hey sorry I can't listen to your problem right now because I have to go write an essay but he's like actually stressing out and needed to talk to somebody and I didn't want to you know put that you know, just make it seem like I was not really caring because I did care I just had other things that I needed to get done myself so the only way that I was able to do that was just if I had something to do I would go take my dinner upstairs to my room because I had a little table in my room so I would go eat upstairs and then do my thing and then if I didn't have anything I was trying to rush to do then I would just stay down I'd eat with him and then let him vent to me or whatever he needed to do that day yeah for sure but I'm definitely debating like whether or not I want to have roommates in Baltimore after this week mm. so I'm definitely like oh wow I forgot how 
invasive and stressful having people walking in and out can be. <laughs> yeah. Let's do the roses, buds, and thorns. What do you got for this week as your rose, Jazzy? Okay, so my rose is basically my move here. Um, so now I'm in Baltimore as of Friday, and I don't have furniture yet, but I will have furniture soon. So I'm really excited to just kind of get to know the city. I finally met Yasmin, who's the president of the Chromatic Brass Collective, and seeing in her per- seeing her in person was really great to finally get to do. So I really enjoy it here so far. There are so many Black people. I haven't been in a predominantly Black area before in my life. So it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. I'm seeing other Black women joggers too, which is crazy. Um, yeah. I'm, so, I'm the South, so I'm also shocked right now. I'm like, wow, other functioning, healthy Black people. Just yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your rose? Uh, my rose is I got through my first recital run through and that made me very happy to feel like I can like have some like grounding on this recital and not cry in public completely so I'm very excited about that. My bud for this week is I'm starting my personal training job on Thursday so I'm looking forward to that because I've had this certification now for since March and I haven't really done much except for like training my mom. So I'm excited to get a chance to work in a gym and have actual clients. I'll have a gym membership again for the first time in over a year. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, what's your bed? Did I give you the membership like with the job? Yes, thankfully. Yeah. So it's 20 minutes away, like driving, but I figure I can go like right before or after my shifts and work out. So I get it like out of the way. Yeah. Nice. This is good. Um, My bed will be... um, actually performing the recital this Saturday at 2 p.m., um, putting on the dress and doing the whole thing. I'm really excited about getting through that program and being one step closer to graduation in like three weeks. And um, what's your thorn, Jazzy? My thorn, um, probably just, I guess, moving in general, because moving is, it's a huge transition nothing's going right right now. I mean, okay, I'm here, I have my apartment, but I don't have furniture. Um, I don't have internet until Saturday. And I mean, I don't have my boyfriend around. I have one friend in the area. So there's all these little things that are just kind of like in the background while like it's great and all I'm in a new place. It's just kind of hard to just deal with the transition. Um, But I'll, I'll get through it eventually. It'll I'll adjust in the next few weeks or so. Yeah. Yeah. What's your thorn? A season. Um, my thorn is the people that keep walking in and out of my apartment. I heard the door close on here, but again, this is why I'm living in anxiety because I was alone since May and people just keep randomly bursting in without warning and scaring the literally. I feel like I got 10 years off my life. Those like first two guys that like just walked in, I was like, What are you? Who are you? <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's my thorn at the moment is the lack of stability in my home <laughs> and not having dishware to cook with anymore. <laughs> but you're feeling the same vibe because your dishware is all locked up and everything. Yep. Yeah, you take utensils and pans for granted until you don't have them. And then your wallet suffers because takeout and just... Uh... I'm about to go to the Dollar General today and get like a dollar baking sheet probably. Yeah, that'd work. Better than like whatever. Yeah, better than like whatever fast food I would have gotten to make up for it. 
yeah definitely yeah i've had chipotle way too many times in the last two weeks because of this transition but chipotle (laughs) is like such a perfect like oh i don't have food in the house meal because it's such a balanced meal yeah it's so balanced it's so good there's a, a hack that i've been using if you respond, if you give a rating and it's like less than five stars and you give a reason for why your food wasn't good and you say, I want someone to contact me with this offer, they will give you a free bowl almost every time. So I've been earlier this year, I had done six months where I hadn't had to pay for a single Chipotle bowl because I kept leaving bad reviews and they kept giving me more and more free bowls on the free bowls. So like, yeah, so life hack. Dangerous information. This is absolutely dangerous information. Because I'm within a five-minute walk of a Chipotle. Like, I didn't need to know that. But now yep. I do. And I'm yep. probably going to buy a Chipotle bowl and rate it horribly. <laughs> yeah, just do it. I told my boyfriend the same thing because he got into it recently, and he's been getting them too now. So he's starting the cycle. It's just... What's your Chipotle bowl? Do you have, like, one bowl you always get? Yeah, usually it's chicken steak. Um, brown rice, black beans, a lot of vegetables. I really like to eat the vegetables. And then hot salsa, guacamole, corn salsa, and then lettuce. Mood. I uh, I get the chicken or the steak. This chicken steak combo sounds good though. It is. It's so good. I might try that. Um, I'll get like the chicken or the steak, and then I'll get lots of pico. Lots of pico. I love their pico. And the green salsa and corn. I don't, I get nervous about their lettuce because I'll be E. coli outbreak, so I just like don't get their lettuce. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But I know I probably should. Like, I feel like if when I go like hard on the pico, it makes up for my lack of lettuce. Wait, do you get white rice or brown? Brown. You're healthier. Right? <laughs> yeah, I definitely get the white rice. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, always brown rice. Always brown rice. Brown. Thanks for joining us this week and learning our Chipotle orders. Yes. Hope we learned something about boundaries today. Yeah, maybe one day Chipotle will endorse us and then we'll actually get paid for these advertisements. But right now, we Chipotle don't have that. And they're like, um, you haven't even paid for a bowl in six months. <laughs> You're not giving my sponsorship. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> valid, valid. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess they don't need the sponsorship for free food because I'm getting it anyways. I already found my hack, Chipotle. I don't need you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for listening to Harmony and Healing. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Harmony and Healing Podcast. And you can find me personally at The Jazzy Tubist on Facebook and Instagram and at my website, jasminepiggott.com. And you can find me on Instagram as at radiant underscore trumpeter. Thank you for listening and see you next Thursday. What happened? They just burst it in my apartment again, but you know, podcasting. Oh my God. I can hear a man's voice in my living room right now. It's great. It's great. We love our boundaries. (laughs) I I love having boundaries.